The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. First cut. Golly. Welcome to the podcast. Andrew Sharm joining you this evening. Breaking third round of the Century Tournament of Champions, the first designated event on the PGA Tour this season. Joining me to break it all down, we have Mark Immelman. Mark, thanks for joining. What's up, boys? Happy New Year. Hey, do you like my tan? Uh, I've been I've been off in the islands for a little bit. Uh, nice to be with you. Beautiful, Be- yeah. the, not the Hawaiian Islands, or was it? No, no, no. We were down in the, the Virgin Islands in St. John. Just gorgeous. Oh, too bad. Too bad. Yeah, but I, I would have taken the Hawaiian Islands if you had said so. I would have gone there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't blame you. Looking at the weather that we've experienced over these first three days, it has just been beautiful there. Also joining me tonight, Sia Najad, with us again. Sia, welcome back. Thank you. I was in the islands of Washington, D.C. over the holiday ah. break, and I'm happy to be back in sunny South Florida. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, Washington, D.C. is an island, but I uh, I see where you're going there. I just see, wanted yeah. to feel like Mark. I just wanted to feel like Mark. No, it is an island in, in a way, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's debatable. It's debatable. But uh, you could see there is no tan for me as I was in upstate New York for the holidays. uh, And I look a little bit more like the snow that we experienced than uh, the sunshine that both of you did. But anyway... Um, what a tournament we have so far. Colin Morikawa is playing some beautiful golf. Uh, he has now extended his lead to six. He'll play in the final group with Matt Fitzpatrick tomorrow. Colin Morikawa is at 24 under. Fitzpatrick is at 18 under, along with JJ Spawn and Scotty Scheffler. So it, uh, it was a beautiful performance from Colin Morikawa today. Mark, uh, especially beautiful on the greens. Yeah, you, you know what? This guy we've known since he came out, Greg, he is generational when it comes to ball striking and stuff. And and as far as I've been aware throughout my career, that if you can strike an iron club well, that you're going to largely stack the odds in your favor. But you know what? Good iron play only becomes a better score if you start to make putts on top of that. And I know ad nauseum I've complained and griped and moaned about putting well when it means something because there's something to that. And in the era of you know club head speed and ground reaction forces and all sort of stuff and strokes gained off the tee, which has merit because, look, you're going to, if you have shorter clubs to the green, have easier opportunities to get the ball close. That doesn't mean amount to anything if you're not making putts. And and, and Colin right now just looks like, uh, I don't want to say bulletproof because no golfer ever is, uh, 
But he made some putts today that, that, that turned what was the two-stroke lead into six in the blink of an eye. And, and when it comes right down to it, if you ask every guy in the locker room at a PGA Tour event on a Saturday evening, if they're in contention, hey, what do you want to do well tomorrow? They're not going to tell you drive the ball well. They're going to say, I need to make more putts. And, and Marikawa was doing that and, 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 and granted with, with a ball striking um, skill gift that he has if he puts well it becomes kind of one-way traffic in a bit well you look at what he's done so far he's gained in in the first three rounds 6.778 strokes putting which would be in his career it would be the uh third best putting performance of his entire career uh, he gained eight strokes at the, I mean, that's if it's, if he's level tomorrow, he gained eight strokes at the PGA championship that he won in 2020. Uh, and he gained a 6.8 at the Genesis invitational where he came and tied second. So it, it's a somewhat rare thing to see Colin Morikawa putt this well, but um, this is something that I think came from a, a beautiful putting change. So Sia, I know we spoke about this yesterday. Uh, there was talk of, potential regression coming out and we saw just the opposite did it uh did it catch you off guard at all i mean yeah because we didn't talk about that i talked about that so speaking of one-way traffic i mean i was the one that thought okay look this is probably not going to keep up and greg to your credit you know you said when colin gets it going with the putter it usually lasts multiple rounds it usually lasts the entire tournament you actually had empirical data behind that in terms of his tournament wins and and his, his top five so yeah i mean it looks like Colin has sort of closed this out in the sense that even if he doesn't putt quite as well tomorrow, boy, this is a pretty big lead on a course that doesn't have a ton of pitfalls. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Yeah, Mark, you hear that he did, he cl- he closes that out. Um, and, and in essence, do you think it's easier to come back on a an uh, in easier golf course like this where scores are really low, or does this favor the leaders? Well, I, I want to say this first off. You know, when greens get slower, 
it sort of mitigates putting skill a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you get to fast, slopey sort of places that are firm, you know, that's when um, – you know, the the putter might not separate himself or, or herself that much, but when the greens get slower, things kind of even out a little bit, so it does lend itself to the ball striker. But with that being said, um, if I had to get into not the semantics and the data of it, like Sia was saying, the work that he's done with Stephen Sweeney, you know, remember, this is a guy that, went um, on the heels of an adjustment from Mark O'Meara a couple seasons ago where he went with that modified sort of grip on the club where it was essentially pencil style taking his right hand out of the stroke sum and he had some success. He won the World Golf Championships event. He won the Open Championship a few uh, months down the track. But it was still a stroke where it was sort of shorter back, longer going through. So there was sort of hyper acceleration. But now what he's done from my point of view with Steven, where it's longer going back, he's using the mass of the blade more through contact. It's sort of longer to shorter in a way, so there's more of a collision at contact. When he strikes the ball well, even on these slow, grainy greens, that ball is hugging the green and rolling through and rolling online. And and I'm looking at this going, hey, the face not may, may not be as stable as what it was, He's going with a different grip right now, but just the cadence of the stroke, the quality of the contact, uh, the the performance of the golf ball along the surface is, you know, as good as I've seen. Um, I, I don't want to make comparisons because that's dangerous. I'll leave that for Carl Porter, but 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 I, I will say this: the way the ball's rolling on the green sort of harkens back to a Brad Faxon. You know, maybe even a Crenshaw to a certain extent. And, and when I was growing up, I learned from Bobby Locke, who could put the thing rolling like like it was on glass over peanut brittle. He was just that pure with a strike. And and the way the ball's rolling right now, every putt was hit with good speed. Every putt hit that was not dying at the hole. He had some putts today that were just majestic. And 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 I feel like it's because of the fact that the cadence and the pace and the length of the stroke is more appropriate. Yeah, Mark, you mentioned Bobby Locke. Um, not a bad guy to learn from. But every single putt Morikawa hit, whether they went in or not, they they had your interest. They looked like they had a chance to go in. Uh, they were strong putts. None of them were weak. Even when he started to get under pressure, maybe Scotty Scheffler hold the putt on top of him uh, and, and he had to answer with one of his own. He did that seemingly every time. And uh, even when he didn't, it, it still looked like it had a really good chance. So Morikawa sitting at again 24 under he shot eight under par 65 today um which which was coming right on the heels of a a 64 in round one a 66 in round two he looks like he's going to be tough to catch Uh, matt fitzpatrick jj spawn and scotty scheffler sit behind them at 18 under par um see what do you think a matt fitzpatrick a scotty scheffler a jj spawn what what do these guys have to do to at least put a little bit of pressure on morikawa tomorrow yeah, it's a really good question. I, I think it's more like what does Colin Morikawa have to do? And, and I think, you know, Mark and I were talking, well, all three of us were talking about this before we went live. And, and I think Colin's got to start out like stall out a little bit on the back nine while some of these other players potentially get hot. I think really that's the only path. And, and if anybody can do it, to me, it's Scotty Scheffler. Speaking of a guy who's been erratic with the putter, or actually just downright bad with the putter in terms of just, you know, the last few months. If Scotty somehow, we know the ball striking is going to be there with him, 
I mean, it wasn't as much today as it was in the prior two days, but we know he has the potential to to be the best tee to green, to be the best ball striker. If he can get hot with the putter, I don't think it's out of the question that, you know, with three holes left, he's he's down too. But it, it just seems like such a tall task. Fitzpatrick's been playing really well. I mean, I think we talked about him on the DFS show about being a guy that's maybe going to go overlooked. I know on the early edge um, golf show that we did on Wednesday, I talked about him as one of my DFS plays because I thought he'd be contrarian and he's showing up. But do I think he can catch more cow? I I don't really. If anybody, to me, it's going to be Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, I mean, Mark, when you look at this, what's it going to take? I mean, when when I look at a big lead like this, uh, you try to kind of paint a couple of scenarios and it doesn't seem like a golf course where, a 73 is in play for a Colin Morikawa. I, I wouldn't rule it out, but it's highly unlikely. So, I mean, if you take, let's say, 69, he shoots 69 tomorrow, which would be four under par. He'd be at 28 under. I mean, can can anybody make up that kind of ground? You, I mean, you got to shoot 11 under at that point. <laughs> uh, Greg, you're being very smart and trying to corner me over here with a good question. Um, but I've been in golf too long to bite on that one because – you know, anything's possible and we've seen it. And so I'm not going to sit here and say, look, well, I've said so earlier in the show that it's one way traffic. But the truth of it is numbers show that it's essentially done. And if Colin Marikawa goes and does what Colin Marikawa was doing, then he's on the way. And now this is where I'm going to pivot and go to the ball striking because, you know, I've always believed that low numbers are a function of good putting and high numbers are the function of bad ball striking. So if you put the ball in play off the tee, you're going to make fewer big numbers. And if you put the ball well, you're going to make more lower small numbers. So if he just drives the ball like he is and he hits, what, 14, 15, 16 greens in regulation, he's good for seven-ish, which is three under there, and that gets him to 27. And, and that makes it next to impossible. Um, and, you know, I've I've been fortunate to be there, and I called Justin Thomas winning uh, in, when he won the two events in a row. I've got my cup. You can see Cavalier there. There you so, go. So, so it's it's the kind of place where I think the only way it becomes close is if someone who's perhaps out a little earlier, but they're too far away, gets up there and posts something. So you essentially become a bit of a leaderboard watcher. Uh, and and but, but then that being said, I will say that last time I was there, there are not many leaderboards on the course. It's unlike most PGA Tour events. So it's not like you're turning around and hearing crowd roars going up in front of you because the wind's humming it off the hill and the course is so expansive and there's very few leaderboards. So you're playing in your own bubble over there, which is playing right into Colin Marikawa's hands. So um, I, I, I would... You know, if someone's going to catch him, it comes early. They post something. He finds out about it somehow. And then maybe he thinks about things. But the one thing about Colin is this boy is an old head on young shoulders. Uh, I've I've called a couple of his wins. And, and, you know, the strange thing about him is that most young aspirant professionals on the tour, they're going to fumble a few leads and not close out. He hasn't done that stuff, and he didn't do that stuff in major championships, which is like the ultimate in pressure. So I I would lay the farm on Marikawa right now because he's just got it all going on. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, yeah, you know, Sia, that was kind of the reason for our conversation yesterday. When, when Morikawa gets himself in position, he very rarely folds. Um, maybe at the U.S. Open this year after 36 holes, he was looking really good, but he wasn't feeling very good. Uh, this seems different. It seems like he is feeling very good and looking very good. But um, so I got two more things. One on the comeback, you look at a, a Max Homa who started the day at six under. He goes out, he shoots 10 under par, and he gets to where Morikawa starts the day. And it, it was a great round. He he goes out and shoots uh, 10 under par 63. And by day's end, he's eight back again. So he, you know, it's um, it's going to be very difficult for one of those guys who's out early to make up ground and really put something on the board that's uh, scary for Colin Morikawa. But Mark mentioned laying the farm on uh, on Morikawa, which I agree with. But you look at uh, the the betting odds over at Caesar, and Morikawa is at negative five uh, minus five hundred. Um, yeah. They're hard to hard to lay the farm on that, wouldn't you say? Well, I mean. Yes, you'd literally have to lay the farm on it and then borrow some of your friends' farms and lay that on it to have that pay off in any like appreciable way. I mean, this is the, but this speaks to what Mark's point was initially, which is I just don't think, and I don't want to box Mark in because I know he didn't want to be boxing, but it doesn't look like anybody's going to catch Colin. We rarely see minus 500 with 18 holes left. Listen, we got a lot of, we got 33 tournaments in a row coming up. And we'll see some some guys going in with like a five shot lead or maybe even a six shot lead. They're not going to be minus 500. Like we might see some minus 250s that we're like, yeah, that's that's pretty high or minus 300. We're not going to like this really might be the only minus 500 we see. It's crazy. Mark. Well, it gets to the golf course because, again, you're not often seeing PGA Tour events where on the second of the two nines, they play easier. So if Colin gets past holes one, two, three, and four and and doesn't do those in like one or two over to give the guys a bit of a sniff, if he gets through there even, then birdies five, which is like a long par four, then he turns downwind for a while. If he just gets the par fives, then we're on the way. And, and, and the beauty about that golf course is that, you know, with the winds that come off the mountain, 10 is off the right, which is comfortable. 11 is straight downwind, 12 is off the left, but they're basically driving it down the green. Then you've got a wind from the right, which is comfortable, a wind in off the right, which is comfortable on 14. And then the par five is the same thing. And the winds blow the ball away from where all the disaster is on the right-hand side. And then you turn to 17 and 18, which are downwind, wind off the right. So someone's going to have to do something miraculous because this boy can hit it. So... Yeah, I'm sort of feeling where you guys are going, but a lot of the line, I think, and a lot of the situation is because of how he's playing and what the golf course is and that there's no real disaster. Now, if you had a wind that was perhaps off the left for a fader of the golf ball, yeah, sure, that might be a little harder. But Colin Marikawa cuts it, and the majority of the holes are into right to left. So you standing this ball up against this invisible wall, it's like he can't hit the ball into trouble. Yeah, and, you know, I'm making it sound very easy because it isn't because golf is an emotional game and we human beings and stuff like that. But he is as close to I'm not going to say robotic, but kind of robotic is what I think we might see throughout this 2023 season right now. 
Yeah, you even look at last year where Cam Smith was a guy in in contention with John Rahm, ended up winning, and he's a notably inaccurate driver of the ball, not a robotic player like Morikawa, and he couldn't find trouble. It's almost like he couldn't hit it far enough to find trouble. And uh, when you look at a much accurate player like Morikawa, uh, I think the same truths that you mentioned there, Mark, are are definitely in play. So it should be uh, a very... Interesting watch to see how Colin performs because it does seem like kind of a a one-horse race tomorrow. Uh, See you real quickly before I let you go. Um, When it comes to this betting board, we're we're not going to be able to lay our our own farm and our friend's farm on Morikawa. Uh, (laughs) Is there any any other play here? Are you going to matchups? Is is there anything on this board that you go to? No, I, I think it would be going to matchups. I mean, if if you wanted to, like, you know, sprinkling something on Scotty Scheffler plus 1,200, you know, more power to you if you want to do that. I just don't think it's going to work out for you. There's probably going to be some matchups, and there, there probably is going to be some value in some guys who, who are just maybe really high up on the leaderboard and maybe receiving a little bit more value from the sportsbook market than maybe they should. And so it might be good to diagnose that. I don't think those matchups are out yet, but when they are, there's probably going to be one or two available that, that are worth the bet. I'd like to add to that. I, I'd, I'd love to see if there was a number to say, hey, what's the over and under and what Colin Marcar was going to shoot to, tomorrow? And I'm guessing it would probably be like 69.5. And the way he's been going, I mean, what he's averaging 65 around that place, which is eight under, which is stupid. Um, so I would probably go under just because of the way the golf course is playing and the wind's supposed to lay down tomorrow. But I, I'm very, very interested right now in the way Max Homer is playing. Today he went out there and basically assembled what was a, a, a thoroughly professional round of golf. And everything about the way he's playing, the way he's swinging, just who he's becoming, I would be very interested in any of head-to-heads with Max Homer because the boy is looking legit right now. I, I will go on the record saying that. He's totally. starting to look like one of those upper echelon guys where, you know, they're way down the leaderboard, but you know they're going to make a move at some point. Uh, they they just, when the shooter keeps on shooting, they're going to start falling eventually. And that's what happened for Max Homa today. Um, so some, some very fun stuff. We'll keep you up to date with all the action that happens tomorrow in the final round of the Century Tournament of Champions. We'll have the whole gang here uh, Sunday in the evening breaking it all down for you. Um, but... We're going to get out of here now, boys. That's all we have tonight. So Mark Immelman, thanks for joining. You can find him on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. Sia Najad, you can find on Twitter at Sia Najad. I'm Greg Ducharme. You can find me on Twitter at The Real GFD. Uh, This has been the First Cut Podcast. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.